0: This is the minivan dad soccer pod. Oh, it's incredible! You could not write a script like this. The only podcast where the host actually admits to driving a minivan. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be sh- And now your host, TJ. All
1: right, so and here we go again. It's the Van dad soccer pod um i'm your host tj and i'll be here joined tonight by the great grand Pooba of, of local 134 their chicago red star supporters group it's maggie zubek is joining me tonight so this has been something i've been trying to put together for a while she is as much as i've tried she is the first woman to be on my show and i am incredibly excited because the more i see that she posts in, on twitter the more i see local 134 posting things the more impressed with her with her work as a as a head of a supporters group, this can be. So, Maggie, thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking the time. I do appreciate that to the nth degree.
0: Yeah, happy to be here. Um, yeah, thanks for thanks for the invite.
1: Okay, so before we were talking before we started recording, you said that you've been part of one thirty 130, local one thirty four for seven years. How did you get How did you get started? Were you? And I, this is more of a background because I know we talked a little bit about it, but I don't know how many people. So I kind of want to let you explain. Did you get involved with Local 134 because you were a soccer person, or did you get involved with Local 134 for a different, for a different aspect? I mean, how did that come to be?
0: Yeah, so um, I, actually, I actually came to the Red Stars, um, as many people did, as a women's national team fan. And I uh, was really excited about the um, 2011 Olympics, um, or 2012, 2012, 2012 Olympics. Um, and when I saw that Chicago was getting a team in the NWSL starting in 2013, was super excited to be able to watch those players here in Chicago. Um, so I actually started, um, volunteering for the team and taking tickets. Uh, I did a little, uh, ad hoc security for, you know, national team players. It was really the Wild West there, the first season of the NWSL, and I really enjoyed volunteering for the team, but um, was wanting to kind of build a little bit more community um, for myself um, in watching the team. I, I didn't have really any other friends who were that interested in soccer. I didn't want to drag people out to Lyle, and, and I, I probably couldn't have convinced anyone to come out anyway. Um, So I had met a couple people throughout this season, thought thought we would join uh, Local 134, um, and I reached out on social media, asked if I could join, and uh, the person on the other end of that message um, is actually Nicole Hack, who uh, was a previous president of Section 8 now, and she said, essentially, you know, this is a group from the WPS. We haven't really been able to get it started again for NWSL, but uh, but if you're interested in kind of taking the reins, have at it. Here's the keys to the social media. Um, and I sat down with her at AJ Hudson's, and she kind of gave me a crash course on supporting Um which I had no idea. I mean, I I had no idea the extent to which organized support uh, was a presence in international football and in soccer in the United States. And um, so I was going into it totally blind, called a meeting, probably like six people came uh, and, and, you know, just kind of went from there. Six, seven years later, um, we've gone from six people to... We're, I think, at like 180 right now. Um, so, uh, so yeah, it's been quite a ride.
1: Sure, and uh, and I've I've interacted with social Nicole on social media. I have not met her in person, although we've I think I've probably seen her at Fire Games over the years. And she's it, the work she does even with Section Eight was am- is amazing. She is definitely a great resource in that sense. Um, so the the Lyle years, which I which I kind of, I want to say, I don't want to say laugh at only because I used to live about uh, maybe a mile and a half or so east of Benedictine. And I barely and I will say I barely knew they were out there. And mm-hmm. that's really a shame. That's really more my bad than anything that I never did. And when I did finally realize that they were out there was the year they went back to Toyota Park. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, for me, lo and behold, I, my first game was, and you just, and earlier you saw my little, my little baby girl was a Saturday. My first Red Stars game was a Saturday before she was born. My, oh. we, it was a doubleheader with the, the timbers and the thorns. Mm. And I was, I took the other two kids to get them out of the house for a while to let my wife feelings like uncomfortable. She was just rest. And mm. my, my now middles, like, she's like, dad, I want to go again, dad, I want to go again. And, you know, th- you hear the stereotype of, well, I have daughter, so I found women's soccer. Well, in this case, it happened to be a double and that's her interest is what spurred my interest. And that's kind of why I am now, I'm now in my first year as a season ticket holder. So um, I guess I, I'm a believer of, I don't care how you find it. Once you find it, you're not, you're going to be hooked is the way I see it. Does that seem like a, a fair theory or a fair assessment?
0: Yeah, I'll take, I'll take dads and daughters. That's fine. (laughs) If you're buying tickets to the Red Stars, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Um, so yeah. Um, yeah, looking back at the Lyle days, it, it, I definitely think of them fondly. Um, we were definitely a, a very small crew. Um, But, and we, and we really had no idea what we're doing. Like we, we bought some drum or we didn't buy drums. We bought, we, I mean, we didn't have any money. So we bought some buckets at home Depot, um, and used those as our drums. Uh, we had a couple people who knew what they were doing, who made us a couple of cool, like two pole sized banners at that time. But we, you know, we had like a, a tiny little set of bleachers at the end line, um, and for me getting out to Lyle, I mean I live in the city and don't have a car. So that was like uh, the first year before Local 134, that was a two hour uh metro ride. So um so I was very pleased to <laughs> have some local one thirty-four support in like getting rides out to the games, um, all of that. Um but uh but yeah, they I mean there were fun times but but it's been I mean the growth of the group has just sort of multiplied that in so many ways.
1: Sure. And <laughs> the first year I, and I I think back to again not have I I, have, I had a car but I lived in Champaign and going to fire games in 1998 I was it was a ride with somebody every time up so yeah, finding those friends and going into the supporter section is It when you don't have a vehicle or you don't have reliable transportation it 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 is an awesome thing and um and i'm trying to think so for benedictine yeah that's out to lyle train station and walk from there i would guess
0: yeah i would take a cab usually i wasn't i wasn't uh (laughs) yeah i wasn't up for the walk from the from the Mm -hmm. train but it's you know cta to metra and then sure yeah so it was an ordeal but I I, I don't know why I did it, but I love the Red Stars. I guess.
1: You know what? But that's 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 reason enough. And I guess my next question would be: um, Being the, have you gone on the road with them yet?
0: I have um, actually only once, um, which is kind of crazy. It's it's hard in the NWSL being in Chicago. um, Actually, it's insane that we never went to Kansas City. I think we, we kept getting foiled with, like, Sunday games or just, like, never quite made it work. But uh, we did go to – well, we went to North Carolina twice last year.
1: Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, we went to North Carolina for the opening game of the season, mm-hmm. the very first um, game that they played on the road last year, which we um, – we, uh, it was a draw. Yep. And then we, we uh, went on the road for the NWSL championship last year. And also to North Carolina, and Mm. we don't have to talk about the scoreline of that one. No, we
1: definitely do not. We can we can move on from that one. It was, um (laughs) it's a game of just you know what. It was it was it was horrible. It was was horrible. That was a a tough night. Yeah,
0: I mean it was beautiful. Like we we filled we filled our section. Mm -hmm. We, I mean, it was. There's a lot of like really beautiful community and energy, but yeah. But the the game was was tough to watch, and and the weather was horrible, and Casey Short had an asthma attack, and just yeah, yep. it's just so many things.
1: But yeah, a lot of things had to go wrong to get that scoreline, and they all seemed to on that night. There's no question about it. Um, so you, um, where was I going to go with this? My next question. My question next question was going to be, you said you were a national team fan, and that's what got you sucked into the Red Stars. Who was who was the national team, who was your favorite at that, you know, before you st- started finding like Julie Ertz or I guess Julie Johnson back in the day, yeah. you know, and the other ones that are, um, Alyssa Nauer and whatever, whoever the, the staples are with the national team, who were the ones that kind of sucked you in to begin with? Who were your first memories of the players you were a fan of?
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so I, I was Mia ham for Halloween and like
1: okay. second grade, I
0: think third grade. Mm-hmm. Um so I definitely was very excited about that team at the time, you know. I mean I was I was eight in nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety-nine. Um and uh and so that team was definitely larger than life and kind of what first drew me in. Um and then I, I mean I grew up in Ohio so we didn't have any any teams close by in the professional leagues. Um so it, the 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 WUSA was kind of under the radar for me. I knew, I had some kind of some vague awareness of it. But, uh, you know, I think there's a they show a clip of the game and bend it like Beckham, but other than that, <laughs> very little awareness. And then the same for WPS. But um, yeah. But I mean, I, I don't know if there's any particular players that I was, like in the in the the team as it was leading up to the. Um, the f- founding of the NWSL that I don't, I don't know if it was particular players, but I think just in general, I mean, you can see that in their the current iteration of the team that there's something about the spirit of the U S women's national team in the United, you know, that that resonates with women in the United States and around the world. Um, and, um, you know, they are the concept of that team is larger than any individual. So um, I think that that's always been what's drawn me to them.
1: I guess and it, the one thing I will say about the 99 team is over the years, and it's been obviously, what, 21 years ago, It's they're larger than life. They really mm. have become almost legendary in U.S. soccer, not not just women's, U.S. soccer, period. They are, they are, they really are legendary. I mean...
0: Well, U.S. And- soccer is women's soccer. <laughs> I mean, that's that's, you know they define the sport in this country?
1: At this point, I can't necessarily disagree with that point. Um, I would say going back to my first recollections of the men's national team, which is 1990, and seeing Bob Gansler take a bunch of college kids to Italy and play them to one nothing, um, and then who my hero was growing up from a soccer playing perspective, from the national team because I was a goalkeeper was Tony Miola. So to see him in Chicago, by the way, just did that to me is just that. That's the fan in me going, Holy cow. I get to, you get to hear Tony Miola t- describe games. And that's the guy who I, who as a goalie, I wanted to be like growing up. Mm-hmm. So that was absolutely hilarious. But at this point, I can't say I disagree with you in terms of who, who defines us soccer right now. It is the women's national team. No question about that. Um, if the men's team gets back to the levels they were, In 14, I mean, you know, then, then there's, you know, that'll, we, you can hope, but, yeah, um, they're the champs, they've been the champs, and someone's got to beat the, and you're the champ until somebody gets you knocked, until somebody knocks them off. I mean, was it, I'm gonna paraphrase um, Mike Tyson that says, everybody's got a good plan going until you're punched in the mouth, and play against that team and the speed and and the precision in which they play, you get punched in the mouth really quick, and it's how you react to it, and. Nobody seems to have a, have an answer to that right now, which it's f- fascinating to see. though. So, mm-hmm.
0: yeah, um, no, I mean it's it's you know it's great to see the the sport progressing for for you know league or teams all around the world. Uh, I think we are really seeing that, despite the United States continuing to dominate. But I mean, I think I think that in the I mean they're performance on the field is one thing, but their cultural impact is, is even larger than what they're able to do, you know, in the sport. So, um, you know, I mean, that's, it, it is, they are fun to watch on and off the field.
1: Sure. And, and I, I, again, I, I'm not a, I'm not pandering by any stretch. I can't say I disagree with any of that though, because they do definitely have that impact. Um, or, again, in this country and around the world, and for me, it's from a soccer fan. Me is it's fun to watch the NWSL growing, and and it's it is in large large part to the fact that that core has stayed home. They haven't gone to really gone to Europe and gone to chase. They've stayed home, decided they're going to build the league here and be the be the jet setters for that. And I mean this contract that they had coming up with CBS and CBS Sportsnet and um cvs all access or whatever that's a he that tells me that the contract with budweiser i mean just go right on down the line it's these are things that without without the the strength of character of the of the women leading these teams and the and the and the, and the people behind the scenes this doesn't happen and yeah
0: yeah absolutely i mean it's it's um it has taken a lot of work and a lot of character uh, to build a a women's league that's going to last. And I think that, I think that this one will, I hope that this one will, Um, I guess it remains, it remains to be seen. I mean, if you're a women's soccer fan in the United States, you're ready for your league to fold at any minute. (laughs) I mean, we're still not comfortable
1: Sure, and and again, I, I can remember the early days of MLS and watching and having those same types of conversations and um, and wondering not necessarily the full league folding, but I mean, seeing teams fold in right and left. And um, but I feel like right now there's a lot of stability, at least within the current ownership group. You don't look at any team going, yeah, I'm not sure they're going to make it. Uh, I mean, especially with Seattle getting the new ownership with. Uh, olympic leon coming in and whatever and taking over the, the now ol reign i guess is what they're called but um to see them come in and provide some stability there and some some um, additional money i mean the talk was in during going in this off season was that the owners were looking to possibly get away from u.s soccer f- having financial backing and if they do that that's going to tell me that this league is definitely not going or and, and every sponsor that comes in i'm a big you know i as i said i was talking with um alex and phil the other i always have a 12 pack of budweiser in my fridge just because of what they do that that sponsorship and the fact that they're going hey somebody come out and join us mm-hmm. help support this mm-hmm. and especially right now i mean um, with the uncertainty of t- uncertainty of times i mean this is is this is awful in that sense it, i felt like there was really some growth going and i was excited to see how things played out especially seeing, you know, Red Stars games that I went to, the crowds went from two and 3,000 prior to the World Cup. after And then after that 17,000, it was five, six, seven thousand. 7,000.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I was curious to see how that would play into this year because I, I think those bigger crowds are here to stay. And I think they're located, Bridgeview being what it is, it's still Bridgeview, I get that, but they're now the primary tenants there. That's now their place. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah. that's kind of awesome to me yeah i mean
0: yeah we love that i mean i absolutely love to be have the red stars own that stadium in not not technically but in sort of a in a spiritual way owning owning that space and and, and you know occupying it as the primary tenants that's that's huge you know we we it is very important to us as supporters um that the, that the Red Stars do have their own identity and, and that they aren't, you know, in any, in any sense, the lady fire, you know, I mean, the, the, we are so lucky to have an independent team. Um, you know, there are so many benefits of being co-owned by, uh, an MLS side the way that some of, some of the teams in this league are. And I, I think that's great. Um, But the character of the Red Stars is really defined by their independence um, as an institution. And and so, having that stadium, you know, taking the fire branding down, hopefully, you know, over time, putting some Red Stars branding in, um, you know, making it really feel like home for those of us who have found a home in the Red Stars. I mean, that's it's so exciting.
1: Yeah. And, um, and I feel I guess I feel like what I've noticed and maybe I'm seeing this completely incorrectly is that with the change in ownership of the fire is the Red Stars. I get it. The Red Stars still have their own independence, but the, it's the Red Stars aren't an inconvenience to the fire. I see more of ultimately a like I want to say just a part, not a partnership necessarily, but definitely not as hostile as I felt like prior. the prior was for a long, for a long time, up until maybe the last couple of years where the Houtman group just really wasn't, it was like the the Red Stars were an inconvenience, whereas I feel like this current ownership group are going to see the Red Stars as a benefit just for soccer in general in the, in the area and better support. And part of it, what I've noticed is that they've upgraded all from what I'm hearing is they've upgraded a lot of the facilities out at Bridgeview and the Red Stars definitely get to benefit because of that. So, I mean, I think that's, again, it's, soccer in the area but hey somebody's putting the money in and the red stars get the benefit i'm 100 percent in favor of that i don't care how it comes about the one now here's here's something okay and before we were before we came live I, like i said and those who know me i have a ridiculous soccer jersey collection not as big as some i've noticed, i've seen online but i have over 50 soccer jerseys in my collection the one thing i will say with the red stars is other than that black jersey they had which i was not a fan of they have been consistently cranking out awesome looking jerseys year in and year out and for the independence of the red stars is the fire can't even hold a candle to that to the jerseys they put out every year no (laughs) um (laughs) so i just wanted to bring and and the number of times i've gone to fire games and seeing red stars jerseys and and people i know and they just said red stars jerseys are better why would i not want one of those yeah i mean they represent chicago more than the fire jerseys did for a lot of years
0: (laughs) oh absolutely i mean i i uh it, it is great. It is great to see you know people embracing the Red Stars brand. brand. I'd love to see them embrace it at Red Stars games. Um, so anyone out there listening who's worn a, a Red Stars jersey to a fire game without then taking it right on over to a Red Stars game, you're going to have to correct that at your soonest, soonest possibility, which <laughs> admittedly, we don't know when that will be. But uh, but yeah that's that's a little bit of a pet peeve we do we we put out some great products um and and yeah uh more often than not i think products that are better than what the fire offers i mean i don't we're, we're, it's not a competition it's not a competition
1: no but, it, it's not it's not but i but like i said for somebody who has a ridiculous number of jerseys i can look at a jersey and tell you if i think it's good or if it's bad and like i said i feel like the red stars other than that black one haven't they don't <laughs> miss. They just don't miss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I don't know how. I don't know who does the designing, but they're they're brilliant with it. And I and if they ever retire the the elevated kit, I'm going to be very disappointed. This should just be a staple. Period. End of story. Yeah, it's iconic.
0: Um, I'm hearing good things about the away kit for this year, though. So I'm um, um, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but but. I think you can expect something similarly exciting.
1: And I, in my conversations that I've had with the club as, um, in my role with Hot Time in Old Town, I'm hearing the same. I have not seen anything. I have no background other than the club itself is very excited about it. Yeah. And that should tell, and that, and I get it. They're always excited. But what I've learned is when the clubs are usually excited about, they usually they turn out pretty well. You know, they know, they, again, they know, what, what their fans are going to like and what they're not going to like. So, um,
0: yeah.
1: All right. And we'll we'll switch away from soccer a little bit and I want to switch more into community oriented because like I said, I've, the things I've noticed with local 134 is just the roles they play in the community as well. I mean, what are some of the, like the, the concert you guys had a few weeks ago, the partnership with the black fires and things like that. What kind of things are you look at with your community base with the community stuff you've done that you think is, important what kind of stuff do you want to see going what's your longer term things like in community oriented other than just fans at a red stars game i mean are there other projects that you're working on or what kind of things do you you find priorities in with within that context
0: yeah yeah i mean i one of the things that i've done a lot of thinking about over the years is you know what's what's the point of organizing support you know i mean obviously there are there are practical impacts that you can have in the game like you know Making noise, banners, like all of those things, you know, that's kind of where you start as a supporters group. But ultimately, you know, if you want to go watch a soccer game with your friends, you can go watch a soccer game with your friends. Organized support kind of ate things um, and complexifies them a little bit. Um, And really, our goal as a group is to build a community. Um, Like when you look at our mission statement, it it says that we're building a community of supporters around the Chicago Red Stars. So, um, so what we do is not only you know soccer, but it's also it's also um, learning what we can do for each other, how how we can build ties between each other that weren't there before. Um, you know, I think we live in a, um, world where it, (laughs) this is, this is kind of a spiel that I've said a lot of times, but it's kind of funny in this, uh, as I sit in my self quarantine, but we live in a world where it's easy to be isolated, um, where it's hard to connect and, and where, um, kind of the institutions that have, um, naturally built community are becoming less easy to access. And, um, and so, this is a place where we can build community. Um, so yeah, we see our role as more expansive than just than just uh, a, a fan of the game. And um, I think that does what that is what um, sets a supporter apart from a, a fan. Uh, that we are, we're supporting the team as an institution. We're supporting the players um, as you know the representatives and and um, workers of that institution and then, uh, we're supporting each other. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, and, and then we also, um, I think particularly because we support women's soccer, um, I think it's an inherently political act. I think it's an inherently feminist, um, act to, um, to stand up in the world and say that, you know, that, um, I support this, um, you know, it, in the world that we live in, it is. and and um and so I think that our activities reflect that. Um, you know, we've we've uh, invited, actually <laughs> um Marie Newman, who uh, was a democratic uh, primary contestant in uh, the Illinois third for um, for Congress, uh, just won her primary last night. And um, we had her out to a tailgate last year. She spoke to our group, and um, you know, that's the district that Bridgeview's in. So, um, so, yeah, and then, and then we, yeah, we organized this concert um, for Yuki Nagasato's band, who is, you know, an exemplary member member of the Red Stars community, who really embodies kind of the that that community mindedness and and joyful spirit of of building bonds between people. So, um, so yeah i mean soccer sporting is way more than just um than it than just drumming even though you know we love our drum line um it's about it's about learning what we owe to each other and and kind of building building the bonds that will help us help us do that
1: and that that to me like i said that that all just incredible i everything you said i'm like you're there's nothing I can dispute. There's nothing I can say I, th- I find incorrect in, in, in any of that and saying, well, I don't know. And I'm not like somebody who would be necessarily a, one, a local 134 type in the fact that I'm I am a suburban guy with married wife, three three kids, and so on and so forth. But yet, in looking at my own family, and I look at what local 134 does, and, and you specifically, and I'm like – Watching my two daughters, my two daughters, I'm like, if they could grow up to be and have an impact in the community like you've had, I'm like, that's something I think everybody should reach for. And to go, you're you're saying, and you said, um, you feel that women's soccer, it's inherently, it's it's a feminist thing. But the one thing I can tell you is, I feel, and I, it's a regret in my life, my soccer life, in the sense of I didn't watch a lot of women's soccer until more recently. And what I can tell you is. I feel like I've missed a ton. I, the more I watch it the more I'm like it's really really good soccer and it's fun to watch. I mean the games are they're great games to watch. It's great play. Um, you see you get to see individual brilliance even more I want to say even more creativity on the, on the field because they they're what they're allowed to do and I think it's absolutely phenomenal and um
0: yeah, yeah, if you don't like I mean whether whether you're on board for feminism or not, <laughs> it's a fun game to watch. Like I got, i I that's that. I mean, I. And
1: as and as yeah, somebody who's yeah, don't it,
0: tell the misogynists that it's about feminism.
1: <laughs> you know, like oh, no, I we'll, well, uh,
0: it, to me, we'll so spread the, the one, word far and wide that it's it's um
1: it's it's just it's fun it's damn, to watch. It's damn good soccer, and the one thing I could tell you, as somebody who has been a referee over the years, um, and anybody who sits there and says, "Oh, it's just not as physical as a men's game," or it's not, I'm like watch it once it's sneaky as to how rough and tumble it can get. And then there's some games that are just openly rough and tumble. I'm like, don't say it's not physical. Don't say it's not as good. It is every bit as good. It is, it's different in how it's approached, but it is absolutely, it's yeah. still a thing of beauty. And, and the more, and that's, like I said, that for me is something I will say, I I will take away as a regret is I didn't catch on to this sooner. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: yeah. US soccer would disagree with you, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> But um, you know, the guys can't win them all.
1: <laughs> oh, and that's yes, yes. You're talking to. And U.S. soccer has its own. Yeah, that, that, as we, as Pat, Chris, and I on the show, and those are my usual cast characters. I've pointed out more on many occasions. U.S. soccer is a dumpster fire that I think has, that just, if they're going to keep screwing themselves up, they're going to keep doing it. And I swear, without the, without the, at this point, almost without the women's national. I feel like the women's national team succeeds in spite of U.S. soccer, not because of U.S. soccer. And that's oh, not how it should be. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, that and that's kind of – but you – so kind of to go back a little bit, you weren't a soccer fan growing up, though. You weren't a soccer person growing up, though, were you? No,
0: I, I, I played soccer in third grade and in fourth grade. And then that – and then I retired from the game.
1: And you got sucked back in by the 99s and then kind of – when you found the local team, when you found the red stars, you found, you found home on a given, on a given game day, how much of the game do you actually get to watch? (laughs) I mean,
0: well, so, so I am, I guess, I I mean, I guess it would be, I, am I uh, capo, capo. I I play guitar and (laughs) keeping my, keeping capo capo, straight in my head i say capo to my guitar teacher and capo in a soccer context so often i capo for um local 134 somewhat i mean we don't really run things quite the same like i'm i hold the megaphone um along with my friend mal so um so there's a lot of like logistical considerations like what Chan are we gonna do next? Those kinds of things. I will say I rarely miss a goal, uh, so I've got I've got like a like one eye on the game at all times. I would say, but okay. running I mean running the supporter section like it's you're kind of on the clock during <laughs> during a game day, um, so yeah. The couple fire games I go to a year, it is nice to kind of let my hair down and um and just go as a spectator. <laughs>
1: And that'll be a, that'll be a little bit different if if and when they restart over at Soldier Field, that'll be a different atmosphere altogether. That's for darn sure. But
0: I'm sure. Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> will that be an easier commute for you
0: to Soldier Field? Yes, it it would be. Yeah, although I well, they're doing a Reggie's bus anyway. I mean, so we we started doing a um, consistent bus from Reggie's on uh, State Street in Chinatown. Um, to uh SeatGeek um this past year and honestly like calling it a commute is doing a disservice to the Reggie's bus as an institution um the Red Line supporters group put that together for us and you know it's the tailgate starts when you get on the bus so um so yeah I have no problem cruising down 55 um to Bridgeview on the Reggie's bus. So, oh, yeah. But, yeah uh, not, that, that's not a bad commute.
1: No. I, um, so, in the NWSL, which team do you love to hate the most?
0: <laughs> I mean, everybody hates the courage, right? I mean, there's not, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 I personally know a lot of the other supporters group leaders. So I always like I feel a twinge of um of like like I'm betraying them when I really like roast their teams. But but like what is there to like about the courage is my <laughs> is my question. So obviously the courage, um, but that's like an easy answer. Um just like a a real easy second place has gotta be the Portland Thorns. Um they are they're like the Yankee. I mean, they're not like they're like they're just.
1: I would say the courage is more like the Yankees, yeah, just with their success. Yeah, I, would the thorn? with the thorns relate more maybe to the Red Sox than the Fa- or Cub, Maybe Cub yeah, fans.
0: Yeah, or maybe yeah. I don't. I don't know exactly. I don't know exactly what the analogy is, but yeah, I, I, I do I don't know either. that when. Well, particularly at the beginning, I whatever team Alex Morgan's on. You're gonna see you're gonna see a lot of people in the other teams Jersey who live in Chicago show up at your at your game. So that's a pet peeve. Hate that we've had to ask people to leave our section. Um, the yeah. Because people so many people come to this sport as national team fans and they, you know, have particular players that they love and that's totally understandable. But like what, what, what we're what we're trying to do as supporters is build this real, you know, strong base of support for your local team. And that kind of falls apart when um, when, you know, your love for Alex Morgan supersedes your love for the Chicago Red Stars. So we're trying to break down that kind of thinking and really like create some real factionalism in, in women's soccer, um, based on the, the different teams. So, um, so yeah, I mean, yeah, I think the thing with Portland specifically is that they think they're hot shit (laughs) and, uh, maybe they deserve it because they packed that stadium and it's really cool. And maybe I'm a little jealous, but, but it's time for them to get off their high horse. Local 134 is coming for you, Riveters. We've been saying it all year. I'm gonna stand by it despite the foggy future.
1: And is that is that is that the road is that the dream road trip that has to happen yet?
0: Yeah, we'll get there. That's a it's it that's a big trip, you know. It's like an oh, expensive, it is. expensive sure. flight. Um, so we'll get there I we are definitely very excited to go to go to louisville um, when they when that that team um, the expansion team happens next year um, and then I don't, I don't really know what's on the radar this year we're gonna have to see how the schedule shakes out um, you oh, know, sure. with, the, with the covid stuff um, I'm sure there's gonna be some changes um, but we're just looking for a Saturday game that's uh, that's going to be not in Houston in July. <laughs> um, so, yeah, well, we haven't quite decided yet, but we've got a couple we got a couple options in mind.
1: Sure. And um, I want to say that I got to say just one of the, you were talking about, you know, like, as we were mentioning road trips and I started thinking like, well, DC's. I, I love going to. I always love going to DC. So that'd be a cool place, especially when if the game would be at Audi Field. I mm-hmm. think because that'd be a fun place, and then to see that that the Spirit are getting games there now, and then you see that Sky Blue has moved into Red Bull Arena. It's kind of like it's kind of cool, and it, it makes it. I want to say it makes it more of when you're looking at road trips. Those are things I would places I would like to see as just a straight as a soccer fan. I'm like those would be awesome places to go. And they're not Houston in July. <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs>
1: nothing, and, nothing against Houston. In, nothing against Houston in July. i I've, I with the army, I've been in San Antonio in June, July, August before. And if you're not from that area, it's hard. Yeah. it's definitely a challenge. Um.
0: Yeah, we're gonna. It's. I think it's gonna be a pass on that for us. But, uh, but best of luck to the Red Stars, though.
1: Right, and and with Louisville joining next season. I would think that would have to be almost a weekend with the bourbon, with like a bourbon trail trip in there, it, what For around sure. it some, in some way, shape or yeah. form, I would, it's I think it's totally and, and,
0: drivable and like, mm-hmm. like, which is great. I mean, we just don't have very many options that are easy road trip. I mean, we, we drove to North Carolina, um, the first time we went and then a, a few people drove to the final too. but, um, but that's like a 13 hour drive. So, um, you know, sure. like we can do it, but it's not exactly pleasant. So
1: um yeah no i i I couldn't agree you know um no i definitely think louisville be a it'll be a fun trip it's what about six hours give or take um to get down there so no that'll be that'll be a good trip and that and being a fire being a fire fan for as many in a season ticket it's the same concept problem we have is there's nothing close i mean columbus kansas city they aren't really close minnesota I right. go to Minnesota, I'll go to Minnesota in a heartbeat because my brothers live there, but hey, not everybody does that, and nobody wants to go to Minnesota when it's cold out, but um, in that sense, so, um, let me see, what else, I saw that there was an initiative that you guys are, that um, Local 134, starting with um, with helping people with the bathrooms this year, I can you talk, I, I want to ask you about that, because that, again, it was something I never would have thought of, but you guys did, so I want to give you, let you guys explain it and give credit for it, because I thought it was an ingenious idea, and as a as a as just being a great human, as being a good human, I think that's kind of a great thing.
0: Sure, yeah, I mean, um, one thing one thing that I like to talk about um, when it comes to you know when we're thinking about what's the role of their of the group, our our first order of business is to make sure everyone's safe. Um, And, well, the two things we wanna do is we want everyone to be safe and we want everyone to have fun. You can't have fun unless everyone's safe. Um, So, I mean, it sounds like the instructions for a kindergarten classroom, but like also for any organized activity. (laughs) Um, So, uh, the um, I'll go with you initiative it was really, I mean, not based on any any negative experiences that I know of in the Red Stars community, um, but something that kind of came to mind just kind of thinking, especially I mean, especially after traveling to North Carolina, where like the legality of um, of visiting the bathroom for um, for trans people and um, and for you know. For a lot of people who are not perceived necessarily as the, the gender that they feel comfortable with or, or that, that they not perceived as their gender identity, um, that going to North Carolina would have been more challenging for some, of, for some people in our community. And, um, you know, that kind of got me thinking about what can, you know, what can we do? Um, to make this space more comfortable, more inclusive for more people, um, you know, especially for people who who don't have very many safe spaces in this world, who don't have very many safe communities. So, um, so I reached out actually to um, Bridget Gordon, who um, is the former editor of Hot Time in Old Town, um, and asked her, you know what like asked for her advice and her um if she could help me as a as a cis woman understand her experience as a a trans woman and she was so helpful in just kind of just even identifying what the issues would be and bathrooms definitely came up in that and um and you know uh so i found this project the i'll go with you project um with, that was creating these buttons, um, and, and kind of had designed this exact project. So essentially, uh, what local one third the way that local one thirty four is doing it is we are in the process of identifying a group of people within our community who are willing to sign up for game by game. A group of them will do will wear these buttons. Will publish their photos, um, and. Uh, Anyone who feels uncomfortable going to the bathroom, they can, um, they can have that person go with them and um, just, you know, wait with them in line, make sure that no one bothers them, um, make sure that they feel safe and comfortable. Um, and, you know, that applies to the bathroom, but also in general, if people are feeling uncomfortable, those are safe people to go Strike up a conversation with, you know, let let them know that you're not feeling comfortable. make sure you're getting the, you know the help that you need in that in that situation if if you're made to feel uncomfortable by anything happening. Um, and I mean, honestly, we don't anticipate anything like that coming up at 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 Red Stars games. you know, it generally is a very safe space, but even even somewhere like a red Stars game where, You know, we we, there is a very inclusive atmosphere. Um, we can always be doing more to make people feel comfortable and safe, so um, we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see, I'm excited to see how the how it all is rolled out, and hopefully, we never need to use it. But it's good that it's there either way.
1: I, I, I gotta say, in my years of being a sports fan, it's nothing that I've ever really come across as a program before. So when I saw it, I'm like just the, the humanist is just, to me, it was like, this is, it was really, it was a really good idea. And I was encouraged to see that it was started in Chicago and that it was, you know, the soccer community doing it. And the fact that it's Local 134, as as the more I've learned about Local 134 as a group, it didn't surprise me. It just, that seems like the, the 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 family nature of that group. And the fact that I feel like and you'll and and I want you to kind of address talk about this a little bit too is the club support in your activities within expanding the community and making the community a bigger sp- you know a welcoming space for for everybody just in that sense but I've watched supporters groups with clubs in social media interactions and you see some like local 134 the Lewigans come to mind. Um, the Northern Guard in tr- Detroit City, uh, the Cattizans with Minneapolis City. You can see some where the supporters groups work hand in hand with the clubs, and then you see some that become adversarial. And how how much does, is the clubs? I mean, how much of a relationship with the club do you guys have? Do they uh, with support? I mean, do you guys communications? Is there a lot of communication back and forth or when you guys present ideas, cause, because I feel like they embrace pretty much everything you guys do and vice versa, from what I can see it from a, from an outsider's perspective. So is that, am I seeing that correctly in that sense? Or is there a lot of things that they just kind of allow you to adopt? Or is there a definite dialogue in that sense?
0: Yeah, no, I mean, when it comes to ownership and, um, you know, organizational support from the team, the Logo 134 has been dealt a very Good hand. Um, I think in situations where you have adversarial relationships between support and um, le- ownership, front office, um, staff, it, you know, I think that supporters groups are often dealt a bad hand. You know, the, the, there there can be you know issues on the supporters side too. But when it comes to the Red Stars, I mean, our experience has just been consistently. Productive. Um, when I first got him, I mean, Artem's been the owner, the you know, forever, <laughs> um, and he's incredibly supportive of local 134. Uh, we're you know in communication, uh, you know, pretty consistently. Um, the number one question that he has for us is, "What can we do for you?" And we honestly ran out of asks a long time ago uh because he's asked us so many times like we don't have more the like they they're doing everything they can to make sure that we thrive and and that's great and we've even had to like draw a line and say you know listen we we have to be independent and grow as a separate thing um alongside the red stars but it's definitely symbiotic um where like what's success for them is success for us and vice versa. And, um, you know, there's been a lot of staff for the Red Stars who have come and gone and, and you know, varying. We've had different relationships with each person. Um, and, you know, some we've had a really productive relationship with, others who we've, ha- you know, been in touch with less or whatever. But as a whole, it's been it's been super functional, super productive. Um, yeah. Yeah. Really no complaints.
1: Okay. And I'm going to ask you about this just because, um, I, I didn't get to go because it was a drill weekend and my, the reserves basically said that you, you gotta go. So mm-hmm. I missed the 17,000 game from, mm-hmm. a, from somebody who was out at Benedictine and then did, did the trips to Lyle. How awesome was that from, from a, from a look from a supporters group just for from a fan's perspective how how cool is that for you to to sit there and go wow this is did it was it almost surreal in that sense for you
0: yeah yeah I mean it <laughs> it what it was me I mean it was amazing I it it I won't forget there there's two games this past season that I will never forget the experience of and it's they kind of almost ran together in my mind because they were both so you know like blissfully surreal but um yeah the 17,000 game in July and then the um the semifinal uh and which, in the October which
1: was another which was another drill weekend you oh, happen <laughs> yeah if, it, if something called the Red Stars it was going to hit my drill schedule and it just it didn't happen but that 17,000 I I can remember getting emails going oh, I want to do this, I want to do it, and I, can I get out of here early? No.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I can't. And that, that to me, like I said, that just had to be from somebody who, from somebody who's been scratching and clawing and trying to build support. Like you said, taking from a dozen people to almost 200. Yeah. To see that, it's kind of, it had to be surreal. and, and Yeah. Coming up, and coming out of that, how much interest was there in local 134 that hadn't been there before from people that you didn't even know i mean just like hey i how do i do this
0: yeah it was an explosion i mean it like we've seen world cup bumps before um you know the last world cup when the red stars were at benedictine we saw them sell at benedictine like that that has happened but um i mean all credit to the red stars uh, ticket sales staff, marketing staff, communications team—like they sold out. They, you know, they sold those tickets. Um, they, they brought people in. They built that atmosphere. They, you know, they gave us a, a day that we will never forget. So, um, you know, whatever else happens, uh, you know, one of the big questions about the year after a World Cup year is like, will will we, will that continue? And obviously there's a lot of questions for this year and, you know, that's another whole thing, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was an amazing moment and it led, I I mean, our community has been growing steadily and, and, you know, you know, we started at six and last, the end of last year, um, we were at 120 something, 124, maybe, um, and, I mean, I, I, don't, I couldn't tell you how many members we got in the last couple months, but, um, but the community as it is today really started on that day um, in July. So um, I think we kind of went we, – we leveled up. We leveled up on that day for sure. sure.
1: And, like I said, with everything that's happened, we, nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows the future. But coming into the season – did you feel the drop off was going or did you feel and i and i think i ex- even talked about it a little bit earlier they like said after that 17,000 the crowds weren't 2500 3000 and that they were 5 6 7 did you feel like just from what you were witnessing with social media re- interactions so on and so forth just even coming through to 134 did you feel it was going to be closer to that or did you feel like it was going to kind of move back to the meet? i, f- I guess for my perspective i felt like this is going somewhere this year and then like i said the, the contract came out um just everything it seems like the the fact that the tribune and the sun times are taking an interest in it not just kind of grabbing the ap and going with whatever is put out there mm-hmm. it felt like this was going to be different was i was i'm am i overreading reading it or- oh
0: no no there i mean as someone who I, I, who uh, is following this very, you know, the team very closely? There has definitely been a shift. Like, there's a beat writer at at the Sun Times. Um, you know, that's that's <laughs> that's not something a team that might be gone next year gets. I mean, that's always the question too. But um, but yeah, I mean, you're seeing buy-in from from media. I mean, we had someone who was covering. Covering it uh, for WBZ, um, Jeremy McCool at the Tribune, Annie um, Constable, who's um, uh, at the Sun Times. Um, that's huge. And then we have like a, a really, you know, um, a developing media scene that's specifically covering the Red Stars. Um, I mean, our our biggest partner in that is the Southside Trap Pod, which is sort of the the Chicago Red Stars podcast um you know they started a patreon and are are bringing in you know uh, a nice little check every every month sure oh um, well,
1: they they I'm, I'm a i'm a i'm a subscriber a I, I get it yeah. <laughs> i i <laughs> yeah. fully admit i am i i yeah. because when it comes to the red stars the 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 air is not they know it and, and Um, And that's, I I will say, and I I believe I've said it on on this before and I haven't, this is truthfully part of it is when they, um, I believe they were both with Hot Time and Hold Down previously. And the one thing I wanted to make sure of is when Pat took this over, took over the project from Bridget, um, inherited the project from Bridget, it, it was for me, the Red Stars need to me need every voice possible. Can I am I gonna do it the same justice as Sandra? And no, absolutely not. I'm not I'm not that good at, I don't have the knowledge base. I fully admit that. But I want that voice to remain. And that's why to me it and and again that goes back to watching how my family interacted with going to games and enjoying going to games. They need to have that voice. They need to have as many voices as they can. And if they can pick up and I don't I didn't want that to fall apart. That's why I jumped. I, I just I said I would jump in and help where I could. Not that, I, like I said, not that I'm a great writer, not that I have any sort of background in that, but I wanted that voice there, and that yeah. was, to me... Well, there's a demand for that's...
0: it, too. I mean, I think there's an audience, and we're seeing that grow, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, people, I think people are attracted to this team because they, they give you results, they give you, you know, good performances on the field, but there's also, like, a positivity to the front office, um to the, our supporters community. We've worked very hard to make it very um, inclusive, very um, approachable, sure. uh, positive, and, and really fun. Like, what's the point? Like, we're here to have fun. So, I mean, I think you're seeing people are being drawn into this community because it's it's attractive socially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, sure. then, and then and so you're seeing a demand for content about the team growing as a result and mm-hmm. um yeah you definitely see that with the patreon um you know that you're gonna have an audience at hot time in old town for red stars content um you know we're we're it's gonna keep growing i i i feel confident in that
1: okay and and then we we talked about yuki Yugi nakasoto a little bit and, and and how amazing she is and anybody who follows her on social media, you're going to be nothing more than amazed by her is who are some of the other ones that may not get the headlines that, you know, like from a social, doesn't play the social media game as well as Yuki. Cause I don't know if many can, um, that you would say that they're sneaky, like sneaky in that sense. Like they're really amazing when you see what they, what they get out there and, and post, like, who are the ones, who are the definite, I know you follow all of them, but who are the ones that if you said, Hey, I want to follow one or I want to follow two. Who are the ones that, other than Yuki, that you should follow? Is there anybody that you'd want to put out there like that, or is that
0: specifically on social media or, or sort of generally?
1: We'll we'll say both.
0: Yeah, I mean, I would say there, there are definitely some players who, um, who are not as active on social media, um, but are like if you're a real Red Stars fan, you're a fan of um, Vanessa DiBernardo, you're a fan of. uh, of Alyssa Motts, of some of those players who've been playing for the team for forever, um, but you know may not have gotten very many looks on the national team or like are are on the radar, sort of in that way. But they have delivered incredible results for for the Red Stars, um, and uh, I think at that seventeen thousand game, that was Vanessa DiBernardo scored a goal in that game, and like and like it, she's a hometown, you know, like we the excitement for her was so huge because we know what this team means to her and what, what she means to, you know, the, the, our, the Chicago crowd. So, um, so yeah, players like that, as, as far as social media, um, let's see, I had someone in mind and then it, well, okay. For quarantine content, um, Emily Boyd is really, uh, it's really killing it. Um, she she's been doing some like dances with her roommates who are I think are are also red stars Bianca St George and someone else um, but yeah they've been um, like dancing and also cooking and so I think that's on Instagram um, sure. who else they they just had someone else in mind and oh Sarah Gordon Sarah Sarah Gordon <laughs>
1: um, I, and yeah. I should have remembered Sarah I should have yeah. Sarah. and I feel bad not. Um,
0: yeah, Sarah Gordon, yeah, Sarah Gordon is, um, like, I think there was some kind of Twitter poll, like, bracket-type thing for, like, the, you know, best NWSL, like, what wh- who has the most stylish NWSL team, and, like, Sarah Gordon clinched that for us. I mean, like, they're, we've got lots of stylish people on our team, I'm sure, but, like, Sarah Gordon blows them all out of the water, Um and, uh, and she's also, she, she represents Chicago. So while well. she's a, you know, she's a Chicagoan, she's raising her son as a Chicagoan. Um, so she is speaking of hometown heroes. Um, she's great. And she actually, she spoke at the, the Black Fires event, um, that that group had in February for Black History Month and we were so proud to have her there representing the Red Stars and um and uh and representing um Chicago so um so yeah um, Sarah Gordon if you're not following Sarah Gordon on social media like immediately do it now um and uh yeah she's great
1: and and i'm going to and and i'm going to ask you because i, I do want to talk about this a little bit and we'll kind of wrap up with it because i think this is in terms of the quarantine world we live in right now and anybody who doesn't follow the red stars right now during the quarantine world should and every day they come out with a schedule of events to help keep people sane and um it's got it, i feel like it doesn't matter if you are a single person stuck living by themselves. If you have roommates, if you're a family person, they've got you covered, all, <laughs> all the way through. Um, with the morning coloring pages, which um, I forgot to bring one home yesterday. I think it was. I forgot to print it at work, and my five-year-old daddy, where's my where's my red stars picture to color? <laughs> So yeah. I, I won't be I won't be making that mistake again. That's for darn sure um, <laughs> they have they have a coloring page, then they do a daily dose of fitness um, and I guess they're making some changes. They've had storytelling. How much of that do you partake in and what part of it have you found to be like going this just this whole thing again you're talking about community and getting everybody involved to me, this is awesome. I mean, um, what, what's your favorite part of it? What, what stood out to you kind of go through, get, I want some feedback on that too, I guess.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, amazing. I mean, what exactly, if you, if you know the Red Stars and if you know their staff, I mean, this is not a surprise that they've, that they've been resilient, so resilient, um, in, (laughs) in the face of this, um, but I mean, where to start? I, I, story, story with Rory, it's story with Rory. Like, that's the, that's the king of the content right now. Like, I'm shocked. I'm shocked that, <laughs> that they convinced Rory to do it. Um, but delighted. I, I actually, I mean, I, I um the art with Arnhem, also, also a fan fave. Um, let's see. I mean, one thing that I don't think, I don't think it's made it on the the schedule, but um, actually last night, well, so last night I finished working from home, Uh, you know, the industry I work in is like pretty hard hit by, uh, by the virus stuff. And so there's, it's pretty crazy, long day at work, whatever. Um, Went on a bike ride down to the lake came back and there's a Jets pizza on my front porch, um, which is a, a Red Star sponsor. Um, so the team had just, you know, selected a few Red Star supporters and uh, sent them a pizza last night to help, you know, to help uh, replenish our quarantine stores. So, I mean, I, that's the thing about sports is like, what's, the point of doing them, you know, where they, they don't mean anything unless we make them mean something. And I think the, the Red Stars are showing right now how like they, they have built a community of people who love this sport and, and we mean more to each other than just the sport. And, um, and I absolutely can't wait to get back out to Sea King Stadium. I'm thinking about it all the time, how good that's gonna feel to get back there. Um, but part of the reason it's going to feel so good is because it, it, every day during this crisis, um, the team and our community are, are totally demonstrating um, how much we care about each other um, and how much, you know, the, our mutual presence in each other's lives means to each other. So that's, I mean, it's huge. And I, so I think they're doing CRS jams or something that's as far as like other content that is coming up I'm really hoping that Emily Boyd who I mentioned having really great quarantine content uh, and also does a lot of food related content actually does a jam making tutorial so that's my wish list I brought it to the attention of the staff we'll see how it goes
1: but. the the one I'm curious about is on tomorrow's schedule, which is, is a new one. Is the CRS after hours? I mm. feel like on a th- and it's not a Thursday, so at least they picked a thirsty Thursday. I I you know sure. I'm cu- and that's if 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 anybody needed an excuse to sign up for Twitch prior to the season and being able to watch games on Twitch as the se- once the season gets rolling along, there's your excuse. Go go check that. I think that'll be. Some fun stuff. Um, Scott Parkinson, who I've I, his work with Utah. I, he, he's a brilliant soccer mind. I think he'll, his coach's corner will be great. So for those who aren't up, he, 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 I think that'll be a great Q and A. But yep, the daily dose of fitness is there. The 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 coloring with the Red Stars. So anybody anybody who listens to the show, even if you're not a Red Stars fan, should check this out because I think from a res- you use the word that I have been meaning to hit the to describe this whole time resiliency and i think that's a great word this is and this is great contents for resilience resiliency right now uh in the in the world we're living in so definitely it's uh shy red stars pr because then they lose their twitter they've been banned a couple times from twitter haven't <laughs> yeah, they yeah <laughs> r.i.p, RIP the
0: chicago red stars on twitter um yeah it's a long story but <laughs> but yeah shy red stars pr
1: definitely shy red stars pr and and it's my kind of, and it's hashtag is my kind of content. Yes. And it goes along with the my kind of town. Yeah. It's um. Yeah. It's like I said, I I can't get away from it and just seeing the reaction from people that I know that maybe not even just whoa, we we get to go color, okay? Right. As we're going through this, so yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, and brilliant too, because I think I think in this in these times, it, it, sports team could fade into the background of your life pretty easily, you know, and, and the Red Stars need to be invested in keeping their community engaged, keeping us excited about the team until the team can start playing again. And it might be a while until the team can start playing again. So, um, so you, you know, right now we'd have been getting preseason content. We'd have, you know, there, there would have been other things to talk about um, and we could have just... Stopped talking about the Red Stars, um, you know, in every everyone except for diehards in the local 134 Slack. Um, but uh, but we're talking about the Red Stars every day because because of this um, this program. So brilliant so, work so, from the marketing team.
1: So what you're saying though, that Maggie is that kind of to wrap this up is once everything gets under the presumption, and we, nobody knows, so we can't even begin to speculate on when this will be. Hopefully this will be at some time sooner than later, but when everything's safe to do this and they do start preseason and get going again, does that mean you're going to have to come back and we're going to have to get do like a season preview and kind of see where things are at at that point?
0: Sure. I would love to talk about actual red stars games (laughs) that uh, that is a dream that I'm harboring until, until it's fulfilled. Um, Yeah. Hopefully sooner rather than later.
1: So then we'll definitely have to do that again um, uh, when we get to that point. So, so this this is the minivan dad soccer pod. It can be found at minivan dad pod on Twitter. And am um, I been joined tonight by Maggie Zubek with um, local 134, and they are at Chicago local 134. Um, what's I, I don't have your Twitter feed in front of me, so I'm gonna let you let you deliver that one. And any any other Twitter feeds there, any other social media that I'm missing on.
0: Sure, yeah, you can find me at um at M Z O O B E K, which is not not how I spell my name, but is how I pronounce my name, um, at uh on Twitter and any other platforms too. And yeah, that's it. Chicago Local134 on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Um, you can find our website at Chicago Local134.net. Um because .com was taken, but <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we might. Oh, they, they, I don't want to. I mean, I'll Split leave the cliffhanger. Over. But but there may be some changes coming in that department. But but yeah, check out our website. We have all of our chants posted there. You can become a member of Local One Thirty Four on our website. It's twenty dollars for membership. Um, we'd love to have you, um, whoever you are. Um, and hey, uh, I, and I
1: and I am one of them. I you are. I, yeah. I am one of them now and one of the better investments I've made this year. So I'm definitely proud of that one. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, let's, let's do this again when there's actual soccer content. I mean, I appreciate you coming on just even talking about the, the relationship of 134 in the community. Because to me, as I've gotten more into understanding the Red Stars, that relationship to me was just fun to look at, fun to watch. And seeing it interact within... Just even social media aspect that it is such a tight community, and that's why I wanted to have you on and be able to talk about that. And and I definitely want to talk soccer too because I I I miss it already. It's only been a week or so. I know. Ready. <laughs> so
0: I know I was supposed we'll to watch a, an FC colon game this weekend. Um, I'm a freshly minted FC Colm ga- fan. Um, finally got dragged in by Jake Payne who runs Black Fires and. It's um, involved with Section Eight as well, and is a local 134 member. Um, oh, but uh, but nope, nope no AJ Hudson's for me this weekend. Actually, one other thing to plug is um, local 134 has out there. It's on our Twitter feed, but um, a community care Google Doc that lists all of our partners um, and some of our some places that employ local 134 members and how you can support them during these quarantine days. Um, both AJ Hudson's where we watch away games and Reggie's who r- runs our, our bus to the games um, have virtual tip jars for their staff. And Local 134 will, will be donating um, but I definitely encourage anyone who, who can um, and who especially people who would have spent money at those places um you know throw a couple dollars in their virtual tip jars help help the wait staff and and employees at, at these places um weather this storm a little better um that would be greatly appreciated
1: yeah absolutely and and i did i do remember you seeing i did see that on social media and i completely forgot thank you for bringing that up because that's it that is important and um A.J. Hudson's, I know, and you don't even have to be a Red Stars fan to appreciate A.J. Hudson's. If you're a soccer fan, you, you should be appreciating A.J. Hudson's, one of the better soccer bars in the city that you definitely need to be involved with. Although I can't say I agree with you on FC Colm because I'm a, I'm a Union Berlin guy, and I, I blame Scott Scott Fenwick, who, you, who used to run OTF Soccer. He kind of pointed me towards that Union Berlin, and any team that has the crowd, like their supporters group, help rebuild their stadium to me. Got me hooked on them, and that's why I've been been on their bandwagon for a while now. So yeah, I mean, I I I can't.
0: (laughs) All all I know is that FC Köln lets a goat on the field, and like I was sold. um No one had to say anything else. I'm ordering a scarf, like sure. So
1: hey, (laughs) again, being being a fan of a German team to me is one of the easier things in terms of global soccer because their fans are everything. They're huge. So no, I. Can't argue with that, that that you picked a, a German team to be a fan of to go along with the Red Stars, but um, we don't have to agree on that part, but we definitely agree <laughs> on the Red Stars, so we'll, but we'll have to do this again, though, so I appreciate you, Maggie, taking some time with me tonight, and go Red Stars, and on that note, I would say, to, to quote the great Chris and the great Pat that we've had on many times, you're done.